Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Hopefully 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy celebrated his Christmas just on Christmas morning or Christmas afternoon because if he celebrated it after their 33-19 loss to the Baltimore Ravens, he probably had a couple lumps of coal in his stocking after his performance. Brock Kurt Purdy, who was had been mentioned for so many weeks as being an MVP quarterback. The favorite. The favorite, yes. I mean, I mean, folks were running the bet money on Brock Purdy, saying he was going to win the MVP. He went out, and Jordan, let's call it what it is. Somebody bought his, uh, did you see that? Somebody bought his uh, MVP ticket. Like there was an MVP ticket out for Brock Purdy. Oh, that someone I bought for like a hundred and I think it was one hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars. Listen, that, that's called having like too much money. Grand. That's that, called that, having too much money in your pocket. Major to regret now, though. That, that performance just crushed that ticket. Jordan, I mean, that Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Value of that ticket must Listen, have just went by straight it, it, to the toilet. Here, here, here's the deal: if you're going to pay one thirty-three for that ticket to pay out two hundred thousand and get what a sixty-seven thousand dollar profit. You're not you're not losing any sleep over that, so I I don't think they're, they're doing okay financially, but it's still a hundred. Nobody wants to lose one hundred thirty thousand dollars, Mike. That's what happened yesterday. That's, hey, hey, he's not. He's, he, he can't he can't win the MVP now, basically. Well, right? hey, listen, hey, no, oh, oh, there's no there's no way he can win MVP. I mean, he goes anything out McCaffrey and throws, wins it for that team. Throws four interceptions, three in the first half, and he should be thinking. Uh, he needs to be thinking his defense. He needs to thank his defense for keeping them in the game in the first half of the game because he just he looked like nothing out there. It, it was clearly one of his worst performances. It was his worst performance of the season. And think about this, Jordan. So do you still have confidence in him or your confidence is shaken? Oh, it, it's shaken. It's shaken, but it's not gone away. Because I'm going to give credit to the Baltimore Ravens defense. They were unbelievable, especially Kyle Hamilton. He out there, he balled. He got he great had the player, chip. By the way. He, he had the chip he block on player. him, and then still got up, had enough time, and get that interception. But look, look, let's think about these stats for Brock Purdy. Why I'm not turning the corner on him? Philadelphia Eagles. He goes out 19 to 27, 314, mm-hmm. four touchdowns, no interceptions. Cincinnati Bengals, when people were still high on them, 22 of 31, 365, he goes out and throws a touchdown. He mm-hmm. goes out against the Cowboys, 17 of 24, 252, four touchdowns, no interceptions. The problem is he had his worst game of the season against a team that was coming after them, a team with Super Bowl aspirations on national TV, and mm-hmm. people were like, okay, ah, you know what, Brock, Brock just really not played. Brock, Brock was just horrendous. He was flat out horrendous. In fact, 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan gave his thoughts on how bad his uh, starting quarterback played last night. Uh, I didn't mind his demeanor. I mean, he stayed in there, kept battling. I mean, our kind of, you know, our whole team struggled there in the second half, so it just wasn't him. I know he was disappointed not being able to finish it there, but getting that stinger again, it was just wanted to keep him out of there, ready for him to bounce back next week. I'm willing to chalk it up to just a bad game at this point, right? He's played well enough this season where I think he has earned the benefit of the doubt to say, all right, you know, I just he just played a bad game. It happens. He played a good team. You're not always going to win. It's the NFL. I mean, heck, I covered Eli Manning. Dude won two Super Bowls. I've seen him throw five interceptions in a game multiple times. And by the way, I, I, I gave I put that fifth interception on Purdy. That was Sam Darnold. So I don't want to I don't want to slam him anymore. He threw four. That was enough for the day. Man, beat the man while he's down. Why are you beating the man while he's down? I don't need to throw the fifth on his resume. 
man, I was like, hold on. I'm, I'm like, hold on, Jordan. I'm looking at the stats. It says four. And ESPN. I forgot the last one yes. was Darnold. The last one was Darnold. Man, right. look at you. So here, here's my here's my question though. Okay. Let's just let's just say Brock bounces back, plays out his mind in these final two games of the season. Would you put him as the one of the two favorites to win the MVP? I wouldn't, because if you look, it, this isn't to say he hasn't been great this season, but I think it's it's pretty obvious to me that the best and most important player, obviously the most important player is always the quarterback, but the, their offense is not the same. Their best player on their offense is Christian McCaffrey. So to me, if somebody wins the MVP on that team, it should be the best offensive player because the offense really runs through Christian McCaffrey, right? They, their offense is not the same if Christian McCaffrey is not on the field. Brock Purdy's not the same if Christian McCaffrey is not on the field. Now, yeah, is Christian McCaffrey the same if uh, the 49ers have no quarterback and he has to play quarterback like last year? You mean no, Trey, obviously Trey, not. Trey but he's he's still the best player and he's still amazing if Sam Darnold's the quarterback. And that offense still runs and functions if Sam Darnold's the quarterback. I can't say the same if Christian McCaffrey's out. I just can't. Well, speak, speaking of amazing, there's a person in the 49ers organization that you do not think – is amazing, and that's head coach that's Kyle not Shanahan. True. Did you uh, Kyle did, Shanahan's you call you call awesome. him a front runner, right? Did you not call him a front runner? He's just a great front runner, meaning that when they have big leads, his thing isn't coming back. There, he's now zero for thirty-seven. This is the stat from the Associated Press's Josh Duba. Zero for thirty-seven. The 49ers are when they trail by at least eight points at any point in the fourth quarter. So, so when the amazing? 49ers so are trailing, they're not going to make a comeback. His offense is not made, especially with the quarterbacks that he's had. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have Joe Montana. He doesn't have Steve Young, right? He has quarterbacks that he makes work within his system, and they've been great for him. But they're not make they're not coming back once they're once they're trailing big in the fourth quarter. Like that's just not their mo. Their mo is to get the lead, right? Use play action and the running game to hit big plays and put the game away. Like that's how. They operate. That's Kyle Shanahan's blueprint. That's his MO. So, yes or no, is Kyle Shanahan amazing? I would take Kyle Shanahan as my coach of a team any day of the week. Oh, twice, see, there we go. That, hey, I would. Goodness. But that, he's a frontrunner still. He could still be a frontrunner, and I could still want him. There's nothing wrong with being a frontrunner if you're leading 80% of the games. Or let's say, I don't know what his career winning percentage is off the top of my head. But it's darn high. It's in, it's, it's, it's in the 600s, I'm sure. Exactly. And I, I think Kyle Shanahan is one of two or three best co- coaches in the NFL, uh, even despite. I agree, but but that doesn't mean he's not a front runner. That's that's how – I mean, Andy Reid loves to play in the lead in a front runner. Now he has Patrick Well, Mahomes okay, okay. If, if, if that's the case, come back. Every, every head coach is a front runner then. Every head coach is a front runner. Then they like they want to be in the, they want to be in the lead in the fourth quarter. Why do you want to play catch up? I mean, you want to, but yes, it doesn't mean your team can't come back. Like Andy Reid's philosophy has always been: throw early, take the lead, run late. Right? Like you like th- this is what the Eagles have been for years now: throw early, take the lead, run late. Right? The 49ers are just built differently. They run more. They're built more around the run, and that prohibits them from being a team that's going to have comebacks in the fourth quarter because they're not capable. So they're not, just, they're, they're, they're not built that way. Just, they're not built that way. In other they're, words. Not. They're, they're not. A, that's they're Kyle not built Shanahan. For yeah. That's they're my not point. For, 
His 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 philosophy is built to be a front runner. Oh my goodness, Jordan, 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 man. Listen, I, I get it, I understand. So with that said, with that said, despite okay. losing to the Baltimore Ravens, when you look at the makeup of the NFC, you look up the makeup on how things stand in the NFC right now. Mm-hmm. The Eagles, we've talked about their flaws. Man, I love what Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions are doing. Is San Francisco still, right now, as we said, 11.09 p.m. a.m. Eastern time, still the team to beat in the NFC? Yeah, absolutely. They absolutely are. Because what happened when they played the Eagles? The Eagles came to San Francisco. Uh, they went to Philadelphia. Right? Was it was in Philadelphia? They yes. went to Philadelphia, and they put a hurting on the Eagles. So how do you not look at that 49ers team as the favorite? And then the Cowboys, we've seen what they've done on the road. They're likely going to be on the road in the playoffs. How? There's no way they're the favorite. That the, oh, they're going to go into San Francisco and win. By the way, they keep losing to San Francisco in the playoffs. So, yeah, the 49ers are absolutely the favorites in the NFC right now. Can they be beat? Yeah, absolutely. But same, the, the, the Cowboys live by the same thing. Get the lead and rush the passer, and that's how that's you know their blueprint for success. So, get the lead in, in that game. Whoever gets it, yeah, they 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 can they can either of those teams. I I could see winning, but I mean the Forty ers clearly the favorite in the NFC. Oh yeah, hey, listen, one bad game and it happens. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. One NFL quarterback saw his dream season come to an end on Sunday. That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Greeny, the podcast. It, it was not that long ago. Makes me think of not, Ferris Bueller right there. Yes. Hey, that and uh, Sweet Six, I mean, uh, 16 Candles. Those, uh, two of those 80 sounds movies. You know, Jordan, wasn't it about this time last week you were making plans on seeing where Giants quarterback Tommy DeVito was going to be making guest appearances in the New York, New Jersey area. <laughs> he's actually he's actually doing one today in and, Brooklyn, I believe. But but yeah. it, it's it's amazing. The he line was, might not be as long. <laughs> everybody loved Tommy DeVito this time last week. I mean, you know, he was trying to get you know get thousands and thousands of dollars of, on appearances, making chicken cutlets, having his own having the pasta sauce. You were like, all right, you were trying to pull your credential out so you can get to the front of the line for his appearances to get a couple <laughs> questions in. On uh, his during the, the uh, interview session to I'm Tommy VIP, DeVito, man. I'm VIP. Came, <laughs> to Tommy DeVito sitting on the sideline out there watching Tyrod Taylor bringing the Giants back and make the game interesting against the Philadelphia Eagles. You talk about being a gigantic one hit wonder, a guy that this time next week, if uh, Coach Dave will name Tyrod Taylor to, to start the rest of the season, people are going to forget who Tommy DeVito was. That's how quickly you can lose your fame. Yeah. I mean, look, this is a tough thing. I mean, the natural comparison, especially here in New York, New Jersey, has been Lynn Sanity, right, with Jeremy Lynn and the way that blew up. But this lasted six starts. Now, I'm not going to say it's completely over for Tommy DeVito, but he's going to have to prove it, right? He's going to have to. Wait, 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 wait! He's gonna, wait, he's gonna what, have to re. He's gonna have to come in next year. Like he's not. He'll be on the roster next year. You know what but, I mean? Like he's but not why done. should he start another game? Why should he start another game though? Why should he? I mean, this season. I mean, so let me ask you: Are you going well, back to what's Tommy the use of, What's the use of playing Tyrod Taylor? He's not even going to be on the roster next year. What it, why not just play Tommy DeVito and see? Try to develop him and see what you got as much as possible. So, so yeah. Listen, you want to play fans him, want so. them to lose and tank. By the way. <laughs> You want you want Tommy to play, so he he won't have that label of being a one hit a one hit wonder. Here's the deal: the Dr Pepper calling line is eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Call in and tell Jordan and myself, Mike Wells, who is the biggest one hit wonder in sports because there's been their fair share of them. And for Jordan's sake, it sounds like he doesn't want Tommy to join that list. He wants Tommy to keep starting. And well, we don't know if the story's fully written. If it is, you know, it lasted six starts. But we don't know that where, where the story ends. Tommy DeVito's a rookie, right? He still have training camp next year to prove, you know, that he at least deserves to be the backup. That maybe he could, you know, maybe he plays so great he, he earns a starting spot. I don't, I think it's that's probably unlikely. But he, the opportunity is going to be there for Tommy DeVito. But as it stands right now, it looks like, you know, the Tommy Cutlet story has hit a major roadblock for sure. Listen, uh, where, where, where was that at that you were having? That I saw you—you uh, you put it on Instagram. You were walking through a, a stadium parking lot, and you had a cutlet. Oh, where was that yeah. at? That I was saw the, that. The, that was the Devito family tailgate. Two hundred plus plus people. By the way, so the guy making the chicken cutlets at that tailgate. Guess what his name is? He's from the Devito family. Jordan. It's Danny. Oh, no, you, you lie. I swear, it's Daniel DeVito. He's Danny DeVito. That's his cousin. Not the Danny DeVito that you're thinking of, but his cousin, the one who's making the chicken cutlets, the one who's in the video, handing me the chicken cutlet sandwich, which, by the way, 
thing is overflowing with fresh mutts. It has balsamic vinegar on it. I'm wearing the suit for the game. It's a Monday night game. The the mozzarella is hanging off the side. I'm like eating it. I have no plate, mind you, or napkin. It's oozing in my hand, like the, you the, the juices. You, you, you and I'm trying it. not to get it all over myself. Trying with all my might not to get and, it. And all by over the way, I, I did I did not realize it was called mozzarella. Is that, is, I've always called it. I've always called it mozzarella. Yeah, well, when you're Italian, which I'm not, but uh, when you're from this area, you you call it mutz. You know, mutz, mutz mozzarella. I'm gonna fresh say mutz. that. I'm gonna say fresh that around mutz. my. I'm gonna say that around my kids, and they're probably gonna look at me like I'm crazy. When I say, hey, you guys want some mutts? Yeah, in the Midwest, that might be like alien talk. But around here, that's, you know, in the New York, New Jersey area, that's just how you say. Mutts. Mozzarella. All, right. All right, next time. It's I'm not even there. mozzarella. It's just mozzarella. Man, you I'll know? tell you, I, I, I love New York City. So next time I'm out there, I'm going to, I'm going to go, when I go into Little Italy, one of my favorite places, I am going to say, give me some moots. And I, I and. But here's the thing. We, we we talk about Tommy DeVito and being a one-hit wonder. Who else is on your list of one-hit wonders, Jordan? You know, one of the names that came up for me was Brady Anderson. Because he and he had that, like, 50 home run season out of nowhere. Now, Brady Anderson wasn't a scrub player. Like, Brady Anderson was a decent player. But that one home run season, granted, we know in retrospect. But that, that just popped out to me as being a, a total outlier, just one-hit wonder type season uh, was Brady Anderson. I know there's probably better examples out there, but I don't know. What, what came to your mind first? Oh, man. Well, before before I get my list, I got, I got okay. several players okay. on there. Let, let, let's go to, let's go to uh, the, the, the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Uh, we got Lance in Columbus who was talking about a guy in Green Bay that people probably forgot about. Yeah. How's it going, guys? How are you hey, doing? Lance. What's up, Lance? Who's your yeah, guy? I just- Hey, uh, I think Matt Flynn, man, is the biggest one-hit wonder of all time. I mean, that dude blew up, broke the Packers' single-game passing record, went, got a huge contract from Seattle, and wasn't even the starter in week one. That's <laughs> that. That is. I mean, that's a really good one. When you know, when I saw that name, I was like, wow, that is the true definition of one-hit wonder. Because if you think about it, Tommy DeVito started six games. Matt Flynn really did it. In one game. It was one game and, like, that's it. What did he throw? I think he threw six touchdown passes off the top of my head. Well, listen, that's called that's, that's called Matt Flynn being financially smart, knowing, hey, I'm going to play well for a short <laughs> period of time, and I'm going to go get paid. That's what Tommy DeVito wants to do. He wants to get that starting job back, hopefully, and play well to get that nice contract. Hey, the next well, caller. He's Matt, gotta... well, the Matt Flynn obviously started one game for the Packers, blew it up. It was week 17, right? Yeah. It was the, the, yep. the, the throw-in start because they needed, they wanted to rest Aaron Rodgers. Then he went went to the Seahawks, and then obviously they drafted Russell Wilson that year. And even though they paid Matt Flynn, like you said, he got the pay, he got paid, and they didn't even he didn't even play with the Seahawks. It was Russ's team. And hey, history, I, I, we we know where that went. Yeah. Hey, listen, that's a, I, that's a great example. True definition of one hit wonder. I love it. What Luke, Lucas in New York? He's got a guy who I saw light the Colts up. What you got for us, Lucas? Hey guys, great show. Thanks for being on the air. We really appreciate it here. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I'm a New England Patriots fan. I've been blessed for 20 years, but uh, you know we're going through some struggles right now. But uh, no joke. Yeah, Jonas Gray. 
Jonas Gray, he uh, he came out where he had that incredible game against the Colts, and then he just, you know, we the next week what we benched him because he missed a, uh, he was late to a practice, and then we shipped him off, and you never saw him again. I think that's what happened. <laughs> but he was incredible. He blew out that game against the Colts. You're right. Hey, thanks for thanks for the call, Lucas. Yeah, Jonas Gray. Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. You were there. Twenty fourteen. Yes, I was. I was covering the okay. Colts at the time, and it was all about thinking the Colts were trying to prepare to stop, you know, Tom Brady and Gronk. And Jonas Gray goes out, runs thirty, has thirty seven carries, two hundred and one yards, and four touchdowns. That's a day, by the way. That that is a heck of a day, and quite honestly. That might have been the last time I heard from Jonas Gray. Because did you know who Jonas Gray was leading no. into that game? I, I mean, that's did a, you have to it, go it, look I, him up? I, 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 no, I straight Googled him. But here, here's a stat <laughs> for you, Jordan. This is a stat about Jonas Gray for you. He had okay. 201 yards rushing in that game. In his career, he rushed for 588 yards in his career. Mm-hmm. That was it. And he had wow. 201 in one game. Wow. So that that, yeah. that 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 is That's he, a good he one might, too. Yeah, he's a post. He might be the poster child, one of the poster children. You know what we're learning? Uh, Tommy DeVito had too much success. He went. He won three straight games in the NFL. Oh man! You know? Yes, he, yeah, he too, did. He might be too successful for this yeah. list here. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, because we See, all we, we truly leave hey, Tommy we, alone, man. We, we we got one game wonders, and I, I got to tell you, this caller. I'm, I'm purposely going to go to this caller because he's talking about a player who. Play for the team that I covered for eight and a half years. Let's go to James right here in Indianapolis, where I live at. Hey, buddy, nice to talk to you. <clears throat> Likewise, what's going, going on, on, James? Yeah, so I was thinking, uh, and I'm curious what your take would be on this too, Mister Wells. But uh, Austin Crozier with the Pacers. Oh man, oh, hey, Austin Crozier had that great, great playoff run. I think in 2000 um, against the Lakers, and he goes out. He lands a big, big payday, and then kind of becomes – I don't want to label this because, Jordan, you can relate. Once Austin retired and left, he and I became great friends. We still golf every summer in Indianapolis. He does not hit anybody with any golf balls, but that is a great one too. He landed a very, very lucrative contract um, after a great playoff run, and then he had a seven-year, $51 million contract, which $51 million 20 years ago was a lot of money. But he he never. It's became still a an lot of money, Mike. I don't know. <laughs> well, you I know, don't know what, hey. I don't know what you're pulling in these days. Still seems like a lot of money to me. I don't but, know. Uh, that that, maybe that not, is that maybe that, that is in a, the NBA world, but in my world, that's a lot of money. Well, of course, that that is a lot of money. Uh, but yeah, he never really panned out. Didn't become an All Star player or anything like that. Was definitely more of a role player on the Pacers roster. So um, he's right on that, Austin. If you're listening I was to the show, like you did, that maybe. He did too much in his career to be considered a one-hit wonder. Yeah, I mean he lasted. Like, I get he, I mean, he, it because he didn't fade out. Run. He didn't. He didn't fade out. Like one-hit wonders are really classified as guys that did something and then you never heard from them again. Didn't last in the league, whatever sport it is, or you know Buster Douglas. But wait, but can you can you consider it a one-hit wonder because it, it like just by like he was at that level for the playoffs and he never really hit that level again. So he was like a one-hit wonder for that level of being that level of player. You know what I mean? <sighs> yeah, and, and and listen, I'm not going to fall to one-hit wonder if you're getting paid, Matt Flynn and Austin Crozier. If you're doing that and you're getting paid for it, 
that is unbelievable. You're 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 getting that nice contract, and mm-hmm. you did your part. You got paid out. Oh, no, sure. And you yeah. asked who I think I, I've got Buster Douglas on top of the list. We yeah, know Buster Buster Douglas shocked the hit. boxing world, and he went out and beat Mike Tyson, and then he went out and lost his next fight after that, and became listen. He was in the heavyweight category. Buster Douglas became overweight in the heavyweight category. He might he have been got, overweight beforehand. Remember, he was just like. He was just like a fill-in, basically. He wasn't even <laughs> supposed to give. He was. He was just supposed to be like a warm-up for Tyson at the time. Oh my goodness! Uh, I gotta. I gotta. Uh, I gotta see who uh, Buster Douglas lost to after he beat Mike Tyson. But no, that's the guy that is at the top of my list. Buster Douglas. He's number one on my list because I don't think anybody thought Mike Tyson was ever gonna lose a fight anytime soon. And then Douglas went out. Tyson wasn't ready. He wasn't prepared, and that's what happened to him. Let's grab a couple more calls right quick. Let's go to Don in Missouri. Yes, Brian Bosworth at OU. Great Ooh. in college, didn't cut it in the pros. So does that count as a, this is this is the question? Like, what's the criteria, Mike? Like, does that count as a one hit wonder? Because he he never really did it in the pros at all, right? So he was he was a um, I don't even say when you can't say one sport. What's I don't even know what the proper term would be. He was, he like was more like a bust in the just a bust in the pros. Yeah, he, he I mean he was yeah he was like a. Tony Manorich and stuff. Remember the offensive yeah. lineman? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's in that category where you dominated the college game. I mean, he I, I remember Bob, the Boz was the man. He was the man at OU. Oh yeah, absolutely. Got, got, Sports got to Illustrated the, everything. He was he had, was had the guy. the, uh, the uh, bandana the thing bandana. wrapped around, around his forehead. No and he gets to the league and he did nothing. He did yeah. nothing at all. So. Um. Yeah. I, I, how do you? How do you? Yeah. I'm not sure how you can classify. I wouldn't. That. I wouldn't consider it. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I wouldn't classify Bosworth as a one hit wonder. You know, one hit wonder kind of needs to have like one bit of success. Not the college to pros is sort of like there's been a thousand guys that have just been really good in the pros and then just didn't make it in the in the NFL. So I don't know. That wouldn't be at the top of my list. I, I, I like I like the person uh, who Bill in South Jersey has. Um, you he played in your uh, division that you covered, Jordan. What do you got okay. for us, Bill? I covered this guy actually. Yeah, I would just say Nick Foles because you know when he first started with the Eagles, he was average at best, and then Wentz went down that Super Bowl year. Nobody thought Foles would come in and do what he did, and it was amazing. They loved him, and then never did anything like that again. You know, granted, he probably had a couple of good games for the Colts after that, but you know that would be me, and I'm an Eagles fan at heart too, so. Yeah, what do you think, Mike? You like Nick Foles? I, I think Nick Foles, he embraced the moment. I mean, he came in, what was that, 20, yeah, 2017? Came in after Wentz uh, tore his ACL against the uh, Rams late in that season. And I, I think a lot of people thought that, hey, a guy who was probably going to win the MVP that year in Carson Wentz, he's out, and the Eagles aren't going to make a run. Okay. And goes in and makes that run. Wentz is two bro beats Tom Brady in Minneapolis. And, um, all of a sudden, he's that guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. And then he goes on. He moves on to Jacksonville. He goes to, you know, plays another season with the Eagles. Then he goes to Jacksonville, bounces to Chicago, comes to Indy. I, don't I would think object you, to you, Nick you, you, Foles being a one-hit wonder. He's what? not. What? He's absolutely not a one-hit wonder. Nick Foles had a 27-touchdown and two-interception season in 2013. His 2013 season. with the Eagles, yeah. yeah. Bill so, just called him average. Yeah, that was a big year. Now I get it. If he did it, if he didn't have that season, I w- I would say I can I can understand because he was hey. just a pedestrian player. Otherwise, but he had that season in 2013 when he was 
you know, played eight, out of went, this world. They went, and they went eight and two. I was there. That's and when those, I was there at that time. And, and those ten starts, they did go eight and two. That in those ten starts. And yeah. then he came back. He was the starter in 2014. Then he bounced around, came back to. Yeah, Philly. But he wasn't very good in any of those other spots. So I could get the I, one. I hit. agree, but he's, you know what I mean. He's like a six or seven year starter. He's had several good seasons in Philly, not complete ones. Then he does the Super Bowl. Then Wentz gets hurt again. The next year, they go on another playoff run. Like he's much more than a one hit wonder, despite him being. Remembered I don't know. He he threw double-digit <laughs> touchdown passes like three times in his career. Like after that 27, the most he ever threw in a regular season was 13. Like so, I should have known. We should know. We should we should have known that Cam was going to chime yeah, in. You struck the eagle nerve. <laughs> yeah, you can always tell when you're talking about somebody in studio's favorite team. They want to get on the mic and the Cam. <laughs> listen. Fly by what? What is it? Fly by your Eagles cam or whatever the saying is. Fly, fly Eagles, fly. Yeah, fly. What, hey, whatever that corny song is. Yeah, that's what you have to do. And cam, I'm not mad at you for trying trying to ride oh, with your corny. Eagles. And that's, yeah. um, no, I said that song. <laughs> so, I would I, I would I'm never call my him. I would never call my man Cam. Um, a you know, corny, Cam corny likes that enough. song though. Oh, yeah. likes it. oh, it's Eagle a great song. I flap yeah. my arms to it every time I hear it. <laughs> uh, I, hey, let's go to Tommy in Connecticut because he's got a name that I don't think many people would want to uh, – who who would probably recognize. What do you got for us, Tommy? What's up, Mike? What's up, Jordan? Jordan, I hope you're enjoying a week without thinly bailed shots from DiPietro. Uh, ah, sure. There you go. Absolutely, you know. But we're going to keep it New York-centric. Uh, Shane Spencer had, like, the most outrageous September mm-hmm. right in 98. Uh, I feel like all he did was hit home runs and doubles. Like, the guy came out of nowhere, and uh, I really don't know what happened after that. But it was a fun year. Yeah, that's a good one. I remember I'm, I grew up a Yankee fan, big Yankee fan, and Shane Spencer was one of those guys. He was, like, this big, uh, not really, like, tall but really buff dude, uh, right-handed hitter, 5'11", 210, who just mashed homers when he came up that one year and really did little after that in his career. Had, let's see, 59 yeah, well, he, career home runs total, but and he 10 had, that and he, first he, he year 10, in September. And yeah, just batted 10. 373. Almost reminds me of Kevin Moss. Does that name ring a bell at all to you even at all? Oh, he does. It means anything? Yeah, t- t- he t- was t- kind of in the same boat just probably like a decade earlier. Ten home runs in just twenty-seven games. Yeah, for Spencer that year. I mean, and then he. I mean, the, the other two times he had he had ten home runs in eighty games, and he had twelve home runs. In His career high was, games. was yeah. twelve home runs, and he did the ten in September that one year. So yeah, that, I, that's a pretty good one for one-hit wonder. I think he perfectly fits in that category. And the Yankees, if you think about it, kind of had a bunch of those guys. Oh right? my they god, had, uh, they had uh, Kevin Moss, Shane Spencer. They had the guy recently, Andujar. Who basically had that one huge rookie year, almost one rookie of the year, and basically just has done nothing since. Man, who? Hey, uh, you know, I can't. I cannot believe we have not talked about this one player, Jeremy Lin, and where it says we're saying in the New York area. Yeah, I think everybody knows what Lin Sanity was. I mean, it's Jeremy the natural Lin, comparison right now to yeah, the, the Devito stuff here locally. Mm-hmm. When you think one hit wonder in the New York, New Jersey area, they all of a sudden automatically think of Jeremy Lin. That's what they think of automatically. Lin bursts on the scene with the Knicks. And I think, honestly, Jordan, I think, you know, one of the reasons, and I'm not going to shortchange what um, Jeremy Lin did, but it helps when you're playing in the Mecca of NBA arenas. When you're playing in front of Spike Lee and all the celebrities out there in Madison Square Garden, and you go out there and put a show on, 
of course you're going to be buzzing and showing up on on the back pages of the tabloids of the New York Daily News and the New York Post. That's going to happen. And so it, if, if this was maybe in another market, a smaller market, I don't think Jeremy Lin would have had the excitement. But after he left the Knicks and he goes and plays with the Lakers, he kind of just faded off and became just a basketball player. But see, he still had a little career, right? He was still an okay player, right? He wasn't. He never reached that level that he was at for that, you know, what was it? How long did it last? What, a month? Two months? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, listen, it, it, you couldn't Half get, a you season? Could, you couldn't get through NBA highlights on a regular basis without Jeremy Lin showing up. I mean, he spent one season. He only played 30. He only played 35 games with the Knicks. He only played 30. It only took 35 games, 25 starts for Jeremy Lin to really burst on a scene. So that's like almost half a season. You're basically talking like half a season. So the, the actual part where he blew up was probably, you know, you're saying 20 or, 20 or so starts. 20 or so starts is what, two months, right? Yeah, yeah. basically. Put it like this. This, this, is, this is how I look at Jeremy Lin. I completely forgot he, he left the Knicks and went to the Houston Rockets and started all 82 games. Then he wow. played with the Lakers. He I played with the Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. He Hornets. started eighty-two games. All eighty-two games with the with oh. the Houston Rockets the following season. And so yeah, he I was can, a player. He wasn't a great player, but he was a player. You know. Yeah, but hey, I, I'm telling you, I'm saying Jeremy Lin was a one-hit wonder because of playing for the Knicks. That's why. That's why everybody is tying. You know, wants to go with Tommy DeVito because in that market they're gonna be like, all right, who was the last person who came who burst on the scene? And everybody was buzzing about it at 11. So and by that definition, though, sorry about your boy, your boy Austin Crozier, then should qualify. <laughs> because it's kind of the same thing. He just he only played at that level for one, you know, that one little run. So based on that criteria you're laying out there for Jeremy Lin, sorry, Austin, but I think he might qualify too. Hey, funny story. So I don't know if you remember, but when we were at, you know, doing the um, NFL Nation stuff, they asked us to do one-hit wonders at some point. And you mentioned, you know, Crochier, and he got mad at you about that. I put David Tyree Ooh. as a one-hit wonder because he made that catch in the Super Bowl, and he was never ever much of a receiver at all. You know, he caught the ball on his head, scored a touchdown that game. And David Tyree, much like Austin Crochier, he got ticked at me that I listed him as a one-hit wonder because David Tyree... On a, as a side note, was a really good special teams player throughout his career. And he actually was a pro bowler as a special teamer. But his one-hit wonder part was as the receiver because him making a play on his helmet and catching the ball on a helmet, to me, qualified him as one-hit wonder. But he took offense to that, too. So he, but, he, he gives me crap to this day about that. Yes, I completely forgot. I, I remember, yes. Oh my God! I I, re, I remember that. Uh, yeah, Crozier was not happy, and hope, hopefully, uh, David Tyree didn't take he did not take it too personal um, about the whole one hit wonder. Listen, his pockets were doing just fine. His wallet, yeah. his bank account was doing a okay when it, when it when it came to that. But no, Mike, we, you we, want you want a quick update on Tommy DeVito? What you got for me? It might not be over yet, Mike. It might not be over yet. His fifteen minutes might not be over yet. Brian Dable just talk is talking as we speak, and he was asked about who was going to be his starting quarterback. The Giants have two games left this week against the Rams, and he has not made a decision yet on who the quarterback is. So Tommy DeVito, is, is he's got some hope. It's not so, 
He's not dead yet. So what's your time? You're, 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 about, you're about to be on Tommy. You are about to be on Tommy DeVito watch for the rest of the week. So I can't wait for the, st- the stakeout yeah, for Tommy. By tomorrow morning. We'll know, yeah, yeah. We'll know by tomorrow morning. I don't like his chances to start this week. It's going to be hard to justify to the locker room from Brian Dable because everybody knows that their better, best chance to win right now is with Tyrod Taylor, who's a veteran, who has played well in this league in the past. The offense looked better with him. So to, to not go with him in this game, I think DeVito might not start this week and then start in week seventeen, week 18. That'll be interesting. ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Tune in tonight for the guaranteed rate bowl. Coverage begins at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We'll continue to take your calls on one-hit wonders in sports. Call us on the Dr. Pepper call-in at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Plus, one NBA coach is not happy. You'll hear from them next on Greeny. Mike Wells and Jordan Raynard on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. With so That's many bottles. Our generation, isn't it? A little our Fuji's right. They're killing old, you softly. Old people, yes. our kids, our kids view it nowadays. This is the old people's music. Exactly. With so many bottles to choose from, there's always something new to try at Total Wine and More. How about a great Prosecco for under eight bucks and a French rose for under seven bucks? With the lowest prices for for over thirty years, find out what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Drink responsibly. B21. I'm sorry, what? What, what, what? I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. What? Jordan, uh, Golden State Warriors uh, head coach Steve Kerr has never been one to shy away from speaking his mind when he has the microphone in front of him. And that was the case yesterday afternoon after the Warriors lost 120 to 114 to the Denver Nuggets. It wasn't about the loss. Okay. It was the fact that Nikola Jokic, you know, one of the premier players in the NBA, went 18 of 18 from the free throw line. 18 out of 18. And as a oh. team, the Nuggets finished with 32 free throw attempts, which tied for their most in the game this season. Ooh. And ooh, and I tell you now, Steve, now, Steve Kerr had no problem commenting on the poor officiating. I have a problem with the way we're, we are um, legislating defense out of the game. That's what we're doing in the NBA. The way we're teaching the officials, we're just enabling players to BS their way to the foul line. Um, if I were a fan, I wouldn't have want, wanted to watch the second half of that game. It was disgusting. It was just, you know, just baiting, baiting refs into the calls, but the refs have to make those calls because that's how they're taught. Yeah, you're not kidding. He does not shy away from speaking his mind. He called it disgusting. <laughs> I Here's what I bet. I bet he's going to get a nice, hefty fine from the NBA. This is kind of reminds me of what Andy Reid did a couple weeks ago. He called it, I believe, embarrassing when they were that the the officiating when him and Mahomes were whining. Mm-hmm. I believe he got like a hundred grand fine. Like Steve Kerr is going to get fined big time. Here's my question about NBA. I always wonder about coaching fines. You covered the NBA and NFL. Mm-hmm. You think Steve Kerr pays that? They 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 deduct that from his paycheck. You think the owner just the uh, owner yeah, just the so, owner so, you know just comes from the team account or. Does the team the, the, they deduct it from his account because that's the way it has to go, and then the team just like gives him a bonus. Like, you know, here, here's a bonus, Christmas bonus. Happens to be the same amount as the fine for you calling it disgusting. It was disgusting. Well, well the, the, the <laughs> fact that Steve Kerr has led the Golden State Warriors to multiple NBA titles, something tells me ownership's going to take care of that and not have to worry about it. But he will be hearing from the NBA. They 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 do not like when uh, players and Coaches, you know, criticize the officiating. Uh, they don't like to do that. Uh, Greeny is presented he's by pandering Progressive. for calls next game, though, right? Isn't that what he's doing? <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, that, that's definitely um, uh, that's definitely the case. Uh, Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance, and talking about being frustrated. There is this is not a coach that's frustrated, but uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that Kevin Durant of the Phoenix Suns is already in this short period frustrated with the supporting cast he has down there in Arizona. Start with Kevin Durant. You talk to people in Phoenix and around that organization. They can feel the frustration with Durant. Part of that certainly uh, is the missed games for Brad Beal. This team was built around those three stars. Uh, the underwhelming supporting cast that comes from those massive trades for Durant and Bradley Beal that really gutted uh, the organization and left them you know, having to sign a lot of minimum players to fill out the payroll. And then an an understanding uh, that they lack the assets, the draft picks, the the trade capital to go out and really improve this team. This is something they're going to have to manage in Phoenix with Kevin Durant. I'm I'm just going to sit back, Jordan. The floor is all yours since we're talking about Kevin Durant. The floor is all yours. Red carpet treatment for you. Let me tell you you what needs to happen here, okay? Kevin Durant needs to walk into his bathroom or, you know, Maybe he has a full-length mirror on the back of his door like the rest of us, you know, the, the peons out here. He needs to go there, 
He needs to look straight forward in that thing called a mirror, okay? And look right in that mirror and then see what the problem is here, okay? Even Legs. We spoke to Tim Legler a little while ago. He said, how much is enough supporting cast enough already? Because when you're Kevin Durant, I'm not saying he's not a great player and he's not holding up his end of the bargain. He is. But here's the, here's the dirty little secret. When you're that guy, when you're the dude, when you're the guy making $40 million a year, whatever he's making, it's a, it's a lot of money, and you're that star, it's your job to get those guys on the same page and to make it work with those guys because you're the dude. It's enough blaming everybody else. This situation isn't good enough. That situation isn't good enough. This guy's not good enough. No, no, no. If you're that guy, you got to make it work. Enough already. I, I mean, when when is enough enough? I, I'm sick of this guy pointing fingers at everybody else. I get it. He's awesome. Love him. He is. He's an awesome player. He's one of the greatest players of this generation. But the leadership skills, Mike, come on, man. I, I tell you that I, I can't criticize Kevin Durant because if my twelve if my twelve year old son hears me criticizing Kevin Durant, he's gonna be mad at me. He loves KD, he loves Devin Booker, so I'm not sure I'm ready to criticize him. But you're right, he's got to look learn at how to lead. He, he gets paid all that money, and he has to lead by he needs to be vocal, lead those guys on the court in the locker room because they have to be able to do a, do that. That's it for Greeny. But Jordan and I are coming right back with more on Carlin and Joe. Carlin against Joe next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.